we all lost our minds when they showed us the first trailer. And it was just like the teaser of him, and I was like, oh, no, it's going to be the Fresh Prince of Azkaban. <laughs> or As- As- <laughs> Azkabar, whatever. <laughs> yeah. We just we just went like <laughs> the Fresh Prince to Harry Potter right there in like two seconds flat. <laughs> Agrabar? Yeah. That, w- <laughs> that one. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I need to, I need to note this because that's going to be our episode title. That's. That's it right there. Fresh Prince of Azkaban. Hello and welcome to F Yeah Disney. We're your hosts, Julie and Jason. And we are here to give you an unfiltered view of all things Disney. We'll be covering events, news, history, food, and so much more. So strap on your ears, grab a churro, and enjoy today's episode of F, F- Yeah, yeah Disney. Disney. Hey, what's happening? Welcome to episode two of FBI Disney, and uh, we're excited to have this second episode. Thanks so much for everybody who has downloaded our first episode. We are uh, pumping and rolling and grinding away, and excited to bring you updated news and some fun facts from an adult perspective at all things uh, Disney, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going on, Julie? How you doing tonight? I'm good. Just getting off a long shift at work, but I got some beer that's... Helping me wind down for the night. Nice. Well, I've got a giant iced Americano from uh, old Star Schmucks. And I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm gearing up for the night. Uh, I actually picked a Harry Potter-themed wine. Beer, not wine. Um, it's from Down the Road Beer Company, and it's called Puckwudgie, which is my Ilvermoney house. And it's actually really, really good. It's a heavier IPA. It's magic. And only all you, uh, st- almost said Star Wars, but Harry Potter nerds will actually understand what the hell <laughs> she's talking about. Because <laughs> as much as I know Harry Potter, I have no fucking idea. And uh, You tried really hard during one of our first conversations, though, to pretend like you did, and you spelled Ilvermorny wrong, and I let it slide. Yeah, that was uh, trying to transcribe from the uh, Harry Potter website, Pottermore stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so anywho <laughs> but uh yeah so we're get, we're excited to be back here and uh kind of chit chat and try to figure out ways of doing this show without it being a bunch of mumble jumbo and have some kind of uh format of some sort so you guys can enjoy this ride with us and uh covering all the things going on in the world of disney and starting off with the past if you had it to do over again would you do any part of it differently well if i had it to do over again uh, i think uh no, I don't think it would. <laughs> Disney 1955 released their 15th animated film, Lady and the Tramp. It was actually the world premiere was in Chicago, and it was their first film they ever did in what was called Cinemascope, which was a widescreen filming process that they did for an animated show, which is pretty cool to see that uh, back in 1955. You know, you go back to the old films of, of Disney and the animation styles and uh, how things these days 
might not be the way they are with technology if it wasn't for Walt and all the innovations that they did with multi-plane technology, like just such amazing stuff and animation styles alone. That's crazy. My friends have a podcast called Grown Up Kids, and they are doing a like view through if that makes sense like i'm thinking like a read through of a book but they're going back to the original disney movies and watching all of them and doing episodes about each of them so learning about all of the technology that they came up with as they were filming all of these is really awesome to hear about yeah yeah it totally is it's exciting also uh Today that we're recording this, we're recording this on the 9th, uh, but today is officially Donald's 85th birthday, so happy birthday to the angriest duck on earth, <laughs> and uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, Daisy's actual birthday was a couple of days ago before his, so it's it's interesting with characters how close their birthdays are together. We're like Mickey and Minnie's, you know, I guess they're, theirs is considered the same day with their premiere in uh, Steamboat Willie. But uh, 2002, Lilo and Stitch was the 41st animated film that Disney released, and they premiered this uh, on this date of the 16th at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood. Had a bunch of fun guests that showed up uh, for those that were in the film. And also today uh, is the see three years out, three-year anniversary of the opening of Shanghai Disneyland, which is so crazy that that opened up three years ago. I can't believe that was three years ago. It feels like it was yesterday. I heard that they actually paid for the park in the first year with attendance from ticket sales already. I'm not surprised. I know that there was something ridiculous, like 200 million people that visited the park within the first three months of its opening. Yeah, it's incredible. Incredible. And I definitely got to go. It's like one of the most technologically advanced parks in the universe. Oh, my God. I can't wait. You know, I mean. The whole Asian culture that they have over there with Disney is just so much fun. Like I love when to see the uh, the kids coming over from Japan and just Asia in general when they're in the parks here in the states. Just the uh, overall love and enthusiasm that they have for for Disney, but also they they bring their duffies with them and and the merchandise that they have, the backpacks, yeah. the clothing. Oh, I'm so jealous. Super jealous. And that was a look back at this day in Disney. And now it's time for. To infinity and your mom. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. That's not right. You sure? No, that's not right. I'm pretty sure that's it. No, 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 let me show you. To insanity and a blonde. What do you even That's how it goes. Saying? No, that's how it goes. To immunity and respond. To indecency to and frequently. Hey, hey, guys, you got it all wrong. It's to infinity and beyond. And now we can get into more current events, what's going on in the parks. And uh, you want to take that away for us, Miss Julie? Absolutely. So Disneyland just celebrated Pride with the first ever Disney Pride Parade. Uh, they also did it in Disneyland Paris, but there was an actual article about the Pride Parade in Disneyland in California. And looking at the pictures, I actually like cried a bit. Uh, they had Disney written out in rainbow balloons, and it was just really, really amazing to see that. And to have them celebrate that is, I think, a really important milestone in Disney history. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. It is incredible seeing the, you know, what's what I think is fun too with Pride Week in general is, and just with Disney, like, you know, the outside of the Disney World spectrum of people, organizations create their own events like Dapper Day, for instance, that become a traditional thing twice a year or once a year or whatever. Then Disney eventually, because of how they are with money, they like to catch on to shit and and not only do they 
uh, kind of, in a sense, support the ideas and concepts, but then they kind of bring on their own version or kind of spice up. up I guess is what I'm trying to say in a sense. You know, now they're they ha- add some Disney magic, and, right? Yes. Throwing throwing a little pixie dust and bam. Yeah, so now they're having their own pride parade, which is pretty awesome. And uh, they're incorporations of all all shapes and sizes of people into the company is uh, spectacular. How it should be. And then, you know, obviously, Galaxy's Edge opened to Disneyland, so there's everything going on with that. Yeah, the madness. But I think that... I, which I'm really curious to see how it's going to happen here in, in Disney World area when the, our our version opens, on how they're going to deal with the the madness here. If they're going to be doing the the four hour window reservation deal, like what they're going to do, because it seemed like for them in Disneyland it actually worked out very beneficial. And I'm wondering because Disneyland is a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. So I know that they definitely had to do that to keep crowds down and keep the park at capacity and with Disney World I mean I assume that people are going to just be going to MGM for Galaxy's Edge and the rest of the park is going to be like you're just going to hear crickets yeah throughout the rest of the park people bitching about standing in line for six hours (laughs) in the heat and the sweltering you know summer Florida weather but with California they didn't have a standby line so i feel like that just worked out well and i hope that they do that for the start of galaxy's edge and disney world as well but well it seems like they're evolving things as they go which is you know i think kind of a smart idea for them you know you have a certain plan in in order and then you see how things work out so like Ogus cantina for instance they were having 45 to an hour and a half wait to get in the thing and now you give them your name and your phone number. They send you a text message, a confirmation, and then they send you a text saying, okay, it's your guys' turn to come in. And it uh, seems like it helps out. And I don't know if they're limiting the amount of time that you can stay in there, in a sense, which would I, I don't know if they can, compared to your overall stay in the space for your four hours. You know, I'm not really sure how that works, but at least they're figuring things out. Because I know, like, I had heard for a long time that there were, there were things going on at Magic Kingdom that they were using to test... Uh, for certain ideas for managing the the capacities for certain rides. So for like the Dumbo's Flying Elephants, uh, they started doing the the reservation type of thing where you go up there and you give them your, your information and then they let you know when it's your turn. And then they started doing this Pirates Adventure uh, thing over in uh, Adventureland for Pirates Caribbean with the, the Pirates Quest that you go on. And if you do, I think I think if you complete it, twice i think there's four different things you can do four different maps you get and if i think it's either two or three times you have to complete them uh you then turn that and that stuff into the cast member and they give you a fast pass so uh, oh, that's really cool right so instead of waiting in line for 45 minutes you go do this little pirate adventure it's like standing in line but you're staying busy which i think is what they're going to probably end up doing with galaxy's edge and instead of waiting in line they're like okay you sign in you go do this little adventure thing you know, because with the new Disney Play app, you can walk around yeah, and absolutely. You know, interact with all the stuff. Because I know, like, even what they're saying with the, um, what's it called? With the new Star Wars Hotel opening up here, which is going to be very unique for us, which we're going to have to stay, you know, one of these times for, like, $8,100 um, a freaking day. Yeah, let's save up, because that's definitely happening. Yes. 
But they're going to basically, you're going to get your own catered Star Wars experience. You know, it's going to start from the day you check in. Like fully immersive, you're in this hotel and then you're in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and that's it for like a three-day weekend. Yeah, and you'll you'll have your own uh, potentially have your own tour guide to bring you on there over there, and which then you walk around and you do the adventures throughout Galaxy's Edge, you know, and get to experience all of it, and it's gonna be a uh, freaking crazy. But that being said, some some interesting things going on. Uh, a lot of good reviews, a lot of good th- thoughts and comments and perspectives of, of the space. Uh, some of the complaints that I've heard were just some people feeling like. Uh, the Millennium Falcon ride, as amazing as as it is, that it's a little underwhelming. It's like a because it doesn't move as like a simulator type of style thing. Uh, but they say that in terms of the queue and going into the ride, that it's incredible. Like the way that Disney has done with the way the Imagineers have set this up, it feels like you're the only person flying that ship. You know, in terms of your group that's in there, like there's not like eight different ones or however many they have. Like you're the unique person flying this. Then you you know. You have the experience of the flight. You have the experience of the queue beforehand. Like it just looks, it looks incredible from what I've seen in the videos of everything. So I'm terrified because I'm definitely going to end up super nauseous and probably puking after this ride. But I don't think that's going to stop me from going on it like 800 times. But like Star Tours, I sat outside after the ride for 45 minutes and I only had my eyes open for maybe 30 seconds at the beginning just from the motion of moving around oh it was awful that sucks I know because I love Star Wars and I can't enjoy Star Tours hmm yeah that's some some uh some bullshit going on in your brain there but whatever it is what it is (laughs) (laughs) it is really terrible it is it makes me really angry (coughs) It was a good one. We got Vader and everything, and I couldn't. E- I just I could hear him. Yeah, Star Tours is fun. But the biggest complaints that I think I've heard is that people feel like right now, because of the Rise of Resistance ride being uh, not open and being that being like the the e ticket adventure of Galaxy's Edge, is that really right now Galaxy's Edge is just a giant store and they're just in there selling you shit, you know, merchandise and drinks and food and whatever. Which I get, you know, it is what it is. But it's also no different than when freaking Diagon Alley or Hogsmeade opened up. It's like, you know, you have a couple rides, but really it's a, it's a big space to sell you some butterbeer and buy your robes and your wands. Where this is going and buying your blue and green milk and your robes and your lightsabers. I gotta just say, I think maybe I'm just drinking the Harry Potter and Disney Kool-Aid because I was totally okay with that (laughs) when I went to go visit Hogsmeade for the first time. I was like, take my money, please. All of it. Oh yeah, totally. 100%. And it doesn't seem like people are complaining about the, the price that you're paying for stuff. I mean, even just like the experience that you get when you do your whole lightsaber thing, like... $200 $200 for this uh, freaking lightsaber, it's, people are, are spending the money, you know, it's pretty fa- interesting, but was something f- I found fascinating was the higher end ticket items that are available out there. So according to the, uh, the dailybreeze.com, you can check them out. They're not sponsoring us, but they're a good reference for some uh, fun Disney stuff going on out there. Uh, there's a variety of different merchandise you can get for, uh, lots of money. And starting off, uh, the first thing they're showing are a bunch of different helmets you can buy, uh, different Stormtrooper helmets, and uh, Kylo Ren's helmet, Poe Dameron's helmet, uh, all kind of fun stuff. And they range anywhere from uh, 450 all the way up to 750 I want Darth Vader's melted helmet. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. The Kylo Ren one is uh, 750 
Then they have some different jewelry. Uh, there's this Calcadoni wave necklace, if I'm Ooh. pronouncing it properly. Uh, it's two thousand dollars. It, basically, it says uh, it's at Doc Ondar's uh, Den of Antiquities. As a member of the House of uh, Organa, the family member of Alderon, Princess Leia, wore the silver-plated uh, Calcadoni waves necklace at the victory celebration at the end of the original 1977 Star Wars film. And it's a recreated film prop that you can buy for two thousand bucks. Uh, they have a, f- a full-size. A stormtrooper first order armor you can get for sixty six hundred dollars. Oh yeah, we're saving up for that full body suit. That's that's happening. Just throwing that out there, just so you know. Would be pretty rad. And the most amazing thing that I want to get is a real life size replica of R two, and you can actually have this one customized. It's twenty five thousand dollars. It's a life size custom astromech unit. It's a remote-controlled R2-D2 battle-worn. It's grimy-looking, and it's mm. incredible. And again, you can change the colors. But I want it to be purple. Of course. One of the few colors you can see. I can't see purple. One of the few colors you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so at the Droid Depot, besides, if you don't want to spend $100 on a droid, you can spend $25,000 on a droid. <laughs> if 100 just isn't enough. Yep. It's fantastic. So yeah, so it's pretty cool. It's uh, it's some interesting stuff. You know, some people that visit these parks have big pockets and are going to buy all these things. It's just like the Arebus Collection uh, castle that you see on Main Street for thirty-seven thousand. That also, I want one of those. Just a heads up. Add it to our list. Once we get sponsors for this show, we'll start saving up. <laughs> hand, hand, guys. Anybody listening out there? Yeah, so you can find us on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Soon enough, soon enough. Uh, yeah, so that's some fun stuff. It's just kind of crazy, though, just thinking about, you know, going to Galaxy's Edge and all this money. I mean, you really got to make sure you're bringing, bringing your checkbook with you. So here's your checkbook. Are we, like, living in the 1940s? Hey, I saw a lady write a check at Publix the other day, and I was like, that shit still exists. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, for groceries. Yeah. Good for her. Good I, for her. Yeah. Um, I was going to say a thing, and I don't remember. Oh, my one concern with Galaxy's Edge is that it's going to take me out of it seeing everybody dressed in earth clothes. Yeah, be- because of them not allowing like they you can't even walk in the space with with uh, any kind of Batu costume on of anything at all. Which I kind of understand in a sense from the perspective of Disney with them not wanting other people to blend in with their cast per se. Well, and that's one of those things because they don't want you dressing up as a princess just in case some little girl comes up to you and is like, oh my God, and you're in a bad mood that day and the poor little child is scarred forever because Cinderella flipped her off. Yeah. Understandable. Or took her heel and smashed a little kid inside the head. All right. I thought like flipping the kid off was aggressive, but you just took it to a whole nother level. Hey man, that clock strikes midnight and you never know. <laughs> You know what they that's say. That's what really. That's how she really lost her slipper. She threw it at some little kid. Yeah, get the hell out of my way, bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> I don't, you should not edit that out. That was amazing. <laughs> uh, speaking of little kids, um, I saw this really awesome video of these two stormtroopers that were like staring down this little kid that was dressed as Ray. And it was the most adorable interaction ever because they like kept stopping when she turned around to look at them. 
but this kid like had no idea and would like look back at them and not move and then turn around and then get like closer it kind of reminded me of the uh ghosts in mario when you look at them they stop moving oh yeah totally you turn around they follow you (laughs) it was the cutest interaction ever yeah those videos I, i love going on youtube and getting in the wormholes of kids interacting with like gaston type of thing like little girls little princesses or even just just girls in general and just to see what he can get away with being a male chauvinistic pig in the parks is incredible like telling him to like i saw one where he had a girl get on her knees and pretend she was cleaning the ground so he can get figure out what his future wife might look like wow i would have been like you get on the floor and clean gaston so but he's it's but it's such his character as being such a dick that oh, absolutely. And being allowed to do that, you know, it's uh, like, have you seen the one arm push up contest? One? No. Yeah. Some kids like I'll battle you two in a push up, push up, one arm push up contest. So Gaston gets down with the dude and they start doing one arm push up, con- you know, push ups. And the kid like fell basically. Oh no, no. You know what it was? It was a regular push up contest that then turned into Gaston going to one arm and the kid tried doing the one arm and he couldn't and Gaston just puts his other arm behind his back and he just continues doing one arm push-ups. It was amazing. That's hilarious. The the video I saw recently was this one guy who clearly had muscles that were even bigger than Gaston's fake muscles. He had biceps to spare. Oh my, like biceps on biceps on biceps to spare. Uh, and so they were like flexing together and each of them kept moving in front of the other to show their muscles it was hilarious hell yeah that's fun i suppose you like seeing the vid- the pictures or videos when people do uh, mike and sully meet and greets and everybody gets in front of mike wazowski with their arms and puts their arms in front and blocks them <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah it's so cute i don't think i've met mike wazowski i've only met sully i think i don't know it's a very odd meet and greet just the, the, how they feel because i would like want mike to be squishy and he's not giant foam ball yeah sorry he's flesh and bones and blood of monsterness with a giant fucking eyeball i just want to poke him in the eye and have a picture of that (laughs) um so next is disney world news we now have a bo peep meet and greet yeah and she looks pretty good has a neck i'm excited that (laughs) i'm excited that she has a neck yeah uh, when we were talking about that, I sent you a picture of Jesse, who does not have a neck, who is the creepiest mean Greek character that I've ever seen. I was actually <laughs> talking to someone the other day, and I don't—I honestly have no idea who it was, but it was one of my friends. And I showed her the Bo Peep meet and greet, and she was like, whoa, she looks really creepy with that mask. And I was like, nope, hold on, wait a minute. Let me show you creepy. And <laughs> then showed her a picture. It was Renee at the Hanson concert last night. And I was like, no, no, no. You need to see Jessie before you comment that Bo Peep is creepy looking because she looks normal in comparison. And she, she was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, big time. And I, I, you know, I can't imagine that, that they'll update the the Buzz and the Woodies. It's going to be interesting to see if they have any new evolution of the meet and greet characters, you know, with the... The necks and no necks and what have you is, especially if they bring, uh, maybe they bring um, uh, Jesse out. Not Jesse. What the hell is the, the fucking horse's name? Bullseye. God. All right. So next. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where are we? Disneyland Hong Kong. 
they are building a new castle. Yeah, it looks... Which I think is really I, awesome. I know when they first uh, showed out some of the pictures, I guess they changed their mind on how they're going to go about it. But it looks like the overall rendition and what they're going to be doing in, with this merging of all the different princesses into a style. Oh my god, I have a list. I'm so excited. So, the original design was the replica of the one in Disneyland, California. And so now they're trying to create their own image for their castle which makes sense because they're all different so why would it be exactly the same as the one in california but i guess they're doing like a mixture of a whole bunch of different architectural styles which is a play to tribute to multiple disney princesses so there is snow white cinderella aurora ariel bell jasmine pocahontas mulan tiana rapunzel merida moana and Anna and Elsa. And I really liked that they listed Anna before Elsa. Because she's my favorite. And since technically Elsa's a queen. I mean, I guess if we want to get technical, but it's really just because Anna is better. I can see that. We'll probably find out too that she's better in the, the next Frozen movie. That she, maybe she has some of her own powers that we're not sure what they are yet, though. Ooh, fancy. Mm-hmm. I also feel like... I relate really well to Anna and her clumsiness and wanting to stuff chocolate in her face. So maybe that's why I think she's better. Not being able to tell if you're gassy or related. (laughs) All the time. you're somewhere in that zone, so it's all good. Somewhere. Somewhere (laughs) in that zone. (laughs) But yeah, I think the castle looks pretty cool. It's it's interesting kind of hodgepodge of uh, what they're doing to make it all work. But it's, you know, it's different from like the storybook castle in Shanghai that has a different wing for each princess where this is like an architectural design and structure that incorporates all of the different themings from around the world culturally wise that every princess represents so it's pretty neat you know because you go over to like tokyo sea and they have like ariel's grotto castle looking sandcastle-y thingy that's architecturally is just incredibly look amazing especially at night <clears throat> so i'll be really curious to see what this uh in the end looks like so we're gonna visit all the parks right that's the goal Check them all mm-hmm. off our bucket list. I know there was a couple uh, a couple years ago that did all the parks in 24 hours around the world. Oh, yeah. Saw that. That's cr- I don't think that's possible. Yeah, I'm you sure. can do it if you worked with, with time zones. Oh, time zones. So if you went like backwards. Yeah, I think they, they basically ended, right? ended in Orlando. So they must have started in California and gone that way. Yeah, maybe they ended in right? California, because since they're behind time zone-wise. No, I know, but I feel like you would have to go backwards. No? Go around California, Tokyo, Shanghai, Hong Kong, Paris, world? I don't know. It's making my brain hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a complete <laughs> clusterfuck of time travel. But it worked. They did it. Congratulations. They're I psycho. Need to, I need to read about this because I don't believe it. Next, in Disneyland Paris, they had Prince and Princess auditions. That was actually this weekend. It was uh, July 8th, but not... No, June. We're not, we're not in July. I wish we were. Because that means you're closer. Mm-hmm. But June. So it was June 8th, and so about a week ago, 
and there are super strict rules, which are we shocked because it's Disney, so obviously there are super strict rules for everything. But for women, they had to be between 160 centimeters to 173 centimeters. They had to have elegance, grace, and no visible tattoos, so I'm out. Mm-hmm. And then the men had to be 160 centimeters to 183 centimeters with compelling masculine features and no visible tattoos. But I feel like with the men's costumes, you'd be all set. With a full sleeve, I'm screwed. Yeah. Can't be a Disney yeah. princess. I know my daughter, she's, she's she did auditions once. It was like a big open cast thing, which was open for... Lots of uh, roles, so she didn't get chosen. But if she went and like say did it for Tink, they, I'm pretty sure that they would they would potentially pick her. However, she now has uh, more tattoos on her arms, and uh, with Tink not having any sleeves on, she can't hide it. So definitely, yeah, she can't. But I heard that, well. that they hired uh, somebody to be friends with Tarzan, and he had uh, supposedly had two full s- sleeves. So I don't know if they're. So was his costume like full sleeves then, or no? Usually Tarzan that I've seen in the parks is just wearing a loincloth with his hairy balls hanging out. Didn't you just say a friend of Tarzan, not actual Tarzan, though? Someone who is in the role of a character. They're they're, they're oh. friends with the character. So just sorry. You know, just the, the lingo. Didn't know. Yep. Like I've talked to some cast out there. Uh, outside of work that have like girls that have mentioned who they're who they were friends with and they couldn't even really tell me the princesses that they were friends with they just gave me clues on to who the princess's friends uh, uh, are and as long as you know your disney knowledge then you could figure out who they were but yeah you can definitely tell they definitely all have like a certain height to be able to uh whether you're a face character or a fur character depends and a lot of the fur characters are, are like five, five foot to five three. Oh my god, they're tiny! I met someone who was what was it a friend of Minnie Mouse, and she was itty bitty. Yeah, it's interesting. So yeah, so open open uh, open auditions for prince and princesses. That's fun. It'd be fun to audition. I mean, I'm definitely not short enough to be a Disney princess, but that would it be would fun. Be. I'd want to be Belle. Yep. I'd want to be where the people are. I want to see. I want to see them dancing. I'd rather be in the sea where there are no people, but that's just me. Understandable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next in Shanghai Disney, we touched upon this earlier because it's Donald Duck's birthday, but they had a parade and a meet and greet in Shanghai for Donald Duck, which I guess is something that they don't normally do because huh. it was news. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool to uh, Mr. Mr. Donald, 85. Old bastard. Hey, he's younger this than Mickey. This is true, and he's also super cute when he's in the parks with the, the real ducks walking around. Oh my gosh. The videos of that ugh, are just so adorable. And the Disneyland Paris video that they have, uh, commercial, right? Disneyland Paris? I think that's what it was. Where there's like this one little duckling. And then he finds Donald Duck, and I cry <laughs> every time I see it. 
no joke, like tears streaming down my face. It's just so adorable. Yeah, it's pretty cute. I love it. Um, but then this is actually, so this is my favorite piece of news from the parks. Tokyo Disney has Mickey Mouse shaped egg yolks in their heart. Yeah, so how eggs. the hell are they getting that? Um, because it's not a real hard-boiled egg. It's a mold. That's kind of what I was thinking. So they probably... So what they probably do is they probably have the uh, egg white, and then it's probably closed with the impression of Mickey Mouse, and they cook that, and then they pour the yolk into it, and then cook it the rest of the way, so... Voila, Mickey's head in a hard-boiled egg. Or, sorry, it's Disney magic. Yes. Agreed. But it's really cute, and they have, like, ramen and rice noodles, and it's uh, at Plasma Ray's Diner, which sounds very American for Tokyo, Japan. Hold on. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'd love to see the process of them making that kind of stuff. I think, you know, it doesn't ruin the magic. It just kind of, I think, for me personally, increases the magic on how the, the chefs can create some pretty badass stuff like that. It's pretty spectacular. So it's really funny because as a pastry chef and being in the culinary field and experiencing these things and creating some similar dishes, it doesn't seem that difficult so it kind of takes away from the Disney magic, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense, because I could do it at home, but also like super magical because I could totally do that and work at Tokyo Disney. Exactly. You are magical. I am. I am. Thanks. But that's the news from around the parks. And some other things going on uh, outside of that news is uh, Glow Nights has begun over at Typhoon Lagoon here at Walt Disney World. That's a fun water park if you have not been yet. There's a Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach. I have not gone to Blizzard Beach before, but uh, <gasps> Typhoon Lagoon I've been to several times. Wait, you've never been to Blizzard Beach? No, uh-uh. Between the two, I go to Typhoon Lagoon. I did enjoy Typhoon Lagoon much better than Blizzard Beach, but Blizzard Beach was literally the first park ever that I went to. And I mean, it doesn't really count because it's not actually like one of the four big parks, but that was the, the first park that I ever went to. And I got a Cobb salad that was really, really amazing. Oh, interesting. Good to know. I wonder if they still sell it there. I don't know. We haven't talked about that restaurant on my other podcast yet. What's the name of that podcast? One Little Spice. Mm. Had to plug it for you. Or you plug <laughs> it for yourself or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, so You can find us at... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> in our show notes. But uh, yeah, so the uh, Glow Nights is going from uh, May 30th through, it looks like, uh, 9-24. What is that? Sep- September? August? August Oh my 24th? God, does that mean... No, 9 is September. Does that mean that we can go? Yeah. Can we do that? I'd love to. Yes. Okay. So they have this really amazing neon drink thing. That's a drink that has basically psychedelic whipped cream on it. And I need it. Cool. I like psychedelic whip- whipped cream. Never had it before, have but you, it sounds... Have, have you experienced Sounds pretty trippy. Pretty trippy, before. buddy. I'm excited. Nice. So this takes place on select nights from May 30th through September 24th. Uh, it runs for three hours, which is 
kind of crazy to have a three-hour event, which gets me. I mean, it gets really all you need is three hours uh, in a water park at night with alcohol and And food. it's after it's closed, too, so it's like a very select. Yeah, I want to go, though, see it all lit up and glowing and the meet and greets you can do and a lot of fun stuff. It's a, it's a fun water park, and it's also uh, the very first water park that uh, started to talk about, or not water park, but first park in Walt Disney World that began to incorporate the Society of Adventures and Explorers uh, with Misadventure Falls there, which is a really fun little little loop-de-doopy uh, raft ride. That was really cool reading all the signs and everything leading up to that and kind of learning the history of that before going on that ride. That was amazing. Yeah, it's, it really puts you into the story. And then having the animatronic bird, the parrot on there too, is pretty rad. Super cool. But yeah, if you've never been, I definitely uh, something I'd recommend. I haven't been myself yet, and we're going to be going this year, it sounds like. But from what I hear from people that have gone and uh, friends of mine that I know say, it's pretty fun and uh, worth worth the price of admission. And I don't know if you need to have a regular ticket to get into the park and then that, or if it's just all-inclusive. I don't believe so. So you know that usually the park, the water park, depends on the day of week, closes uh, either at 5. Like right now, it closes at 5, I believe. But they're saying you can get there as early as 6, which I'm assuming that means that the park is probably think- open a little later. Yeah, and I think if you had a ticket, you could get there early. But if you only had a ticket to the event, you would only be able to get in at that specific time. Or they're like doing reservations and things. Not reservations, but registration mm-hmm. at that time. Well, it's like for Not So Scary, you know, you can get there at 4. Not anymore. No? No. They changed it? Because last year we got there yeah. early. Yep, and we did the year before that too. But I think it's not that early anymore from what we talked about i think well i guess it would, it would i know th- i know that you can't line up they're not starting the meet and greets because when we went we started in line for jack and sally at four and that's when they started the meet and greet i think maybe you can line up early but they're not starting the meet and greets until the party starts oh interesting i wonder if it has to do with the, the capacity of, of what's gonna be happening with galaxy's edge opening up and stuff and not wanting I extra people in the park at that time. I don't see how it would because it's a completely different park. I'm just thinking overall people attending this, the area. Who knows? We'll see. I always feel bad for people that pay for a full day ticket on the days that they have the parties. Ooh. Because they get like three hours, four hours cut from their day. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, for what it costs to and go. And we're like annual pass holders and even trying to plan our vacations now with our food and wine trips and the excessive, no offense, uh, <laughs> number of parties that they had. Because years ago, it was a good span of a week between the last Mickey's Not So Scary and before they transitioned over to christmas mm-hmm. and now it's like mickey's not so scary on the 31st and actually this year they do have a mickey's not so scary on november 1st but november 2nd it's very merry it's incredible how fast it transitions have you seen the videos that they have of them transforming the park for the different holidays oh yeah. my god it's the coolest thing ever yeah and, it's and like they do it in a night yeah it's overnight. a night and well having been there a few days in a row after they start to put stuff up so they'll put up like 65 ish percent of the christmas stuff up and then they slowly put the rest of it up but it's like it's they put up the big stuff that you yeah. know is prominent and then yeah the tree and that kind of shit and then they wait a little bit to do the first lighting of the ca- the castle and 
you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. It's amazing though, like literally overnight, you snap your fingers and boom. But yeah, when I was there in 2013, it was because we were there. We flew in on Halloween, I believe, and it wasn't until the seventh that Christmas stuff was up. Yeah, so there was a whole week there. Wild. It was crazy. Yeah, and it seems like all the parks now are really spreading out their their opening dates for events with Halloween Horror Nights. I mean, everybody's freaking pretty soon we'll have Halloween in June. I wouldn't hate that. I'm celebrating Halloween right now. <laughs> My sister got real mad at me. I posted something about uh, how there's only three months left till pumpkin spice everything. I'm missing fall this year, which is actually really sad. If I had known that last year was my last fall, I would have appreciated it more. Um, but she got real mad and she was like, we can't skip the best season. And I was like, the best season is fall. But, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so that was a nice little argument we had there. Yeah, Florida has fall. We don't really have winter. We have fall. We have summer and fall. Do your leaves change? They do. Really? Yeah. They do. Okay. Depends on where you live. But yeah, there's certain areas that have like some of the maples and some of the different leaves. You know, I'm not a botanist over here or what have you. But I do know seeing leaves changing. I mean, I could teach you how leaves change if you have a few minutes, but I feel like that's not really what this podcast is about. I have an idea, but we can share that for next week. <laughs> Next week on FIA Disney, learn the science behind <laughs> leaves changing color mm-hmm. during the fall. Reverse photosynthesis kind of thing. No. I know. I'm just I'm talking shit. But uh, <laughs> so, so also some fun <laughs> stuff coming on around now too is uh, with summertime heating up is over at in the World Showcase. They have some delicious frozen alcoholic beverages that you can get that are not a smoothie, but they are actual popsicles. And uh, ice cream sandwiches and stuff. I fucking love your transitions. You're amazing. Are we going to edit that out every time you say that? <laughs> it's just, you can edit it out, but it's, it's, it blows my mind. So I'm going to say it a whole bunch of times. Okay. Uh, I love you. Yeah, I love you too. Which I'm super excited about and uh, looking forward because I, I, I enjoy the frozen drinks for the most part. But if I get like a margarita, say in Mexico, it's not frozen. I got to make sure it's, you know. It's the uh, avocado one is so good, though. Oh, I, 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 don't get me wrong. I, I understand that. I, it is delicious. I do like that one. However, I prefer mine on the rocks. But like the jalapeno one I'll get because it makes me drink it slower with it being hot as shit. Or you can actually get it depending on your, on your bartender. I almost said your barista, but <laughs> <laughs> Starbucks on the brain. <laughs> Actually, but depending on your uh, bartender that you get, you can ask them to muddle the jalapeno, and then they'll make it as spicy as you want it. And I uh, like mine hotter than Hades, so I can sip on that bastard. It's gonna be fun though to see you as the summertime grows and uh, gets even hotter. What new things Dizzy's gonna come up with to? Uh, Get you, get you a little shitty and cooled off at the same time. Cause Are we actually going to talk about the lollipops? I mean, the popsicles? Yeah, I think we should talk about them because they sound delicious. Uh, but also, one of my favorite things to do uh, when I go to the parks and stay on property is typically I stay at the All-Star Resorts. Uh, Me too. Which one? Uh, I like to stay... Well, it depends. Usually, the All-Star Sports is the cheapest of them all. Mm, but That's it, our home resort. It also got uh, recently had their dining facility, hall, mess room, whatever you want to call it, uh, renovated. Yeah, we got to stay there while they were renovating, and it was great. Same. 
because I had to go over to All Star Music, I think it was, to actually get coffee and food and stuff. Oh, really? We got food. The food was still open there. Oh, was it? Yeah, ours was closed yeah. completely. Maybe it was at the very beginnings of it. But that being said, the very end of my nights, I love going to the uh, dessert spot and get their gigantic two-scoop ice cream sandwich with the biggest pair of cookies on earth. And usually it's a mushy mess before you can finish it. But, man, those things are fucking delicious and a great way to end the night. Yeah. So that sounds amazing. I opted for the Mickey waffle that in the picture was coated in cinnamon and sugar and topped on some ice cream and that is not what happened and it was like half of a Mickey because she didn't pour enough waffle mix into it and it was not made with love that is all I'm going to say that sucks it was it was awful you should have complained I did and I did not purchase it good yeah, that's stupid, because I have a, my own Mickey Waffle Maker, and I can make a perfect Mickey every time. I like my Mickey Waffle Maker better than your Mickey Waffle Maker. Why? Because uh, my Mickey is so much cuter. I have the traditional. I know, and I have an adorable, magical Mickey. I also have Olaf. I you know. You don't have Olaf. Which I'm super jealous about. The nice thing with my Mickey be? Waffle Maker, though, is if I over overflow it, and it the waffle mix goes in between the ears it looks like steamboat mickey with his little top Aww. hat on that's really cute yeah fine you win yay so yeah so back it's to the like, frozen it's drinks. like the only it's like the only time that's ever gonna happen so just soak it in oh dude it's it's recorded in history now in infamy <laughs> in, in shit infamy forever <laughs> <laughs> that that one that one is used correctly that one will live in infamy <laughs> <laughs> so as you make your way around the world showcase we'll uh head over to italy and uh, italy is where you find these frozen popsicle beverages even though it's not really a beverage it's more of a they're called cocktail popsicles there you go so it's a cocktail popsicle it's a frozen cocktail on a stick sounds incredible i so, love it so why don't you tell us more about it miss julie all right so they have three different flavors there is the limoncello which is limoncello liqueur with Fresh, locally grown raspberries, which I assume are kind of embedded into the popsicle that just sounds phenomenal. And that one is sold exclusively at Via Napoli, which makes me think that the other two are available in other carts and everywhere around Italy. And then the next one is the Sparkling Strawberry, which is sparkling wine with fresh, locally grown strawberries. Hmm. And the berry sangria, which is locally sourced wine with fresh berries. Nice. I do believe they have a non-alcoholic one. Yeah. From what I have read, it doesn't show on this menu. But I know that they talked about, I think there's a strawberry one that is not non-alcoholic. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Some kind of mocktail. Uh, yes. Yes. The the yeah. It says the non-alcoholic strawberry pop fusion is made with strawberries, cane sugar, water, and fresh squeezed lemon juice. Hmm. So even the unalcoholic one sounds amazing. Yeah, and it's like super refreshing. You know, because the worst thing you can do when you're at Epcot in the summertime is staying dehydrated all day. I mean, fuck, bring some water with you for one. Be prepared for that just alone. But also I just... Use my know. Harry Potter Marauders map water bottle. Nice. I did actually also buy 
a water bottle from Canada that says every day is a great day for hockey. Mm. So I do have my Disney one too. Nice. Was it a quote from uh, Martin Short? No. But I also left my Harry Potter one at home, cried tragically, and then bought that one. Hmm. A lot of crying over here. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, so it sounds good. I think uh, it's you know I've seen so many people over the years as I've visited the parks that have either passed out or what fainted or were getting some kind of medical attention because they were overheating. And it's easy to do when you're drinking and having fun. And next thing you know, you're uh, what is that ass over 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 kettle, whatever that saying is. And, I uh, don't think that's it. <laughs> I don't know exactly what it is, but that doesn't really quite have a ring to it, so I don't think that's it. Yeah, it's it's a new one. So it's that a, a, <laughs> ass, o- ass over kettle. Ass over tea kettle, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't know. <laughs> Someone out there listening to this, one of our fifteen downloaded listeners that <laughs> thirty five. Oh, there I you mean, go. I I'm I'm wondering if like six of them are you because you've told me like eight times that you've listened to it, so. Mm-hmm. You might have skewed those numbers a bit. Potentially. But yeah, so we, I'm, ex- I'm excited to try these. It's always fun trying new refreshments that they offer, no matter uh, what the reviews are. I'm not one to watch and listen and, and pay attention to reviews. I like to go into them blind and, and have my own opinion on it. And uh, when we try these, we'll give you our opinion. So that way you can you can live by our opinion and not have one of your own. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our opinion is right. It's so. It's gold. Obviously. Just like I'll tell you when you go to Galaxy's Edge, buy the green milk. It's delicious. <laughs> you don't know. It might be delicious. Yeah, I don't know. Everybody says it sucks. <coughs> Speaking I don't of, know. A lot of people say a lot of things are terrible that I find super delightful. Yeah, movies are very similar to that same thing. It was. So it's with newer updates coming up, uh, as you can make your world, your your trip around the world showcase after you get your limoncello frozen popsicle stick, uh, they have the new restaurant opening up in Japan that's uh, has a dress code I saw, which I think is fascinating. It's only the second restaurant in uh, the world showcase that has a actual dress code, and you can't. What other restaurant has a dress code? Uh, Chef Pierre's, whatever the hell it's called in France. Does it, Monsieur Paul's? I mean, I guess maybe I just maybe am a lady and they don't care what I wear. Well, they do because if you showed up in like your, uh, uh, like one of the things you can't wear as a lady is a uh, like bathing suit cover up, pullover top shirt kind of thing. So it's uh. I mean, I guess I was in a dress, I, but I was wearing sneakers. See, sneakers just to me doesn't seem like super fancy Monsieur Paul's, but I was also walking around Epcot all day, and there's no way I was wearing nice shoes. I guess, yeah, because flip-flops, men need to be in button-down shirts. Yeah. No graphics on the tees. Yeah, I think I remember us talking about that on our on our show. Yeah, so they're doing the same thing there in Japan. Well, it does also have a chef's table option so i'm not surprised that it has a dress code yeah i'm, I'm really curious to check it out i, I do like their food up there i think the uh the time one meal we had there was a little underwhelming i haven't done the hibachi yet the hibachi is amazing oh okay so it's tough for disney the hibachi is amazing for florida the hibachi is amazing but 
I come from, and maybe I'll take you there, a world where there is this amazing hibachi restaurant in Worcester called Kyoto. And I've never been to a better hibachi restaurant than there. So in comparison to that, not so much. But in comparison to any other hibachi place I've ever been to, it's really good. Okay. It's uh, it's Okay, so... (laughs) Sorry. My gauge for how good a hibachi restaurant is is their white sauce. Okay. Which is basically... uh, So they give you, like, three sauces. And one is, like, a ginger sauce. One is... I don't know what the second one is. It's kind of like a barbecue, but obviously a Japanese version of a barbecue sauce. And then there is the white sauce. And... This restaurant in Worcester has the most amazing white sauce ever, and I used to go there so often that they would literally just put the giant jug of white sauce next to me when I got there. What's in What's in the white sauce? Magic. Mm. Lots of white stuff. I don't really know. I'm sure it's mayonnaise-based. Yeah. But it's so, so delicious. Like a Japanese version of um, tartar sauce? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's got a tang to it. Um, But even in Disney, when Amy and I went to the Tapanyaki restaurant, he gave me... So there's like three different slots because there's the three different sauces. And he just filled all of them with the white sauce and then put a second container down and filled that one with the three white sauce as well because he understood how much I liked it. Nice. So that was pretty awesome. And then they spell out Disney in the oil. On the grill. So when it Which was pretty impressive. flames up, it spells Disney and fire? No, when it flames up, you can't really see much of anything, but when it before the flame, Neat. it's pretty cool. Hell yeah, it's pretty cool. I'll have to experience that. What, what I think was cool for the, uh, the kids, though, and the other restaurant they have there is you can get the sushi for kids, and it comes on a uh, monorail car. Why don't they do that for adults? Uh, I'm just saying. I, don't know. I want that. I, was I want my sushi on a monorail. Look pretty rad, and it might be for adults too. I don't know. I I didn't s- really see any adults getting one, but who knows? It might be something pretty cool to check out. I think for sure, man. So another news going on in the world: we had uh, Aladdin release into the theaters a couple weeks back, and I uh, went opening night. I know Julie, you went the night, uh, the official opening night. Well, I actually I went official, and you went the unofficial night before, which was Thursday. And I did. Uh, we both ranted and raved about how much we enjoyed it. I was, go- was so I, good. I gave it like a four out of five stars. Only f- uh, a couple things I w- could complain about, but I think overall it was a really good translation and uh, interpretation of the cinematic release in animated form. It <laughs> did take me a while to get used. <laughs> it did take me a while to get used to Will Smith as the genie. But about halfway through, I was like, yes. And it wasn't like he was trying to be Robin Williams or outdo Robin Williams. You could really tell that he was trying to do the role justice. Mm-hmm. 100%. And uh, there was actually a YouTube video that I saw where he is on the red carpet and there's these two little girls... And they get really excited, and they're like, oh, my God, hey, what's up? And he's talking. I don't think the little kid said, oh, my God, hey, what's up? <laughs> they're probably squealing. <laughs> Squeal. 
Um, but they were so cute, and he was talking to them, and he was asking questions, and then he was like, oh my gosh, have you met Jasmine yet? And they were like, no, we haven't. And he takes them out of the line to go meet Jasmine, which I just thought was something really cute and something that Robin Williams definitely would have done as well, which makes me appreciate Will Smith getting cast as the genie a lot more because I was 100% totally against it from the start. Oh yeah, like I mean we all lost our minds when they showed us the first trailer. And it was just like the teaser of him and I was like, "Oh no, it's going to be the fresh prince of Azkaban." <laughs> or As- As- <laughs> Azkabar, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> the Fresh Prince to Harry Potter, right there in like two seconds flat. <laughs> Agrabar. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I need to, I need to note this because that's gonna be our episode title. That, that's it right there. Fresh Prince of Azkaban. Yep. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> Fresh oh, as Ben. <laughs> Good job, babe. All right. <laughs> I love it. So when I saw that first trailer, though, I was like, "Holy shit!" I don't know what I'm going to think about this because I've grown up in my 18-year-old self coming home every day and my sister had bought me the vhs version from my birthday that year and how do you make me feel like such a child well, happens when we're 10 I was years, like, 10 I, was, years apart. I, was, I was like eight when that came out yeah and you're like i was graduating high school and i used to watch aladdin well i'd come home and, and like smoke <laughs> a big fatty and <laughs> but yeah it was I uh was still you were yeah, you weren't in diapers anymore. But anyways, so you know, I, I just grow. <laughs> I, I graduate. You don't know. I may have been in diapers at eight. That's true. I still work. Can we diapers. edit that out? Because that's. Just... <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I'd come home every day for almost my entire senior year in high school, and nobody'd be home. I'd put the VHS in and would just completely lose my mind. So I did that with Aladdin. I mean, no. <laughs> so, so I did that with the Lion King. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna <clears throat> so I did that with the Lion King. Uh, same thing. I would watch the movie and then rewind it and watch the movie and rewind it and watch the movie. I feel like as a child, I probably annoyed the shit out of my parents. I'm sure. I'm I'm 100% sure that I did, but I mean, it was a great movie, The Lion King, so I feel like th- they should have been thanking me for exposing them to so much of The Lion King. Yeah, I agree. Great film. See, at my end, no- nobody was ever home. I cried every time. Yeah, I still do. I c- I'm, I'm not ready for the live action. Oh, I know. I mean, I lose it just watching the trailers in the theater. Like when we saw Oof. Endgame and they showed it, it was like The Lion King and then the new Star Wars trailer back to back. And Candace and I, were, my daughter, was just like a mess Ex- of excitement, of course. But, you know. 
But yeah, so as you can tell in our opinions, you know, I'm I'm fine with the movie. I think you know Will Smith for me growing up also with Fresh Prince of Bel Air and that kind of stuff. I laughed you know, out loud. It was uh yeah, it was really good. You know, you can tell where there was times where he paid homage to the Robin Williams version, but really I think I feel the same Itty way. Itty bitty living space. Yeah, it's great stuff. There are a couple things I did want to see that they didn't incorporate, like when he got done with his uh, Never Had a Friend Like Me, I wanted the applause sign to happen, you know, that we didn't get that part. And also, I would have loved to have seen uh, uh, Mustafa Jafar to see Jaf- <laughs> <laughs> to see Scar turn into a big cobra. <laughs> <laughs> I know I miss Jasmine being in the uh, hourglass. Yeah, would have been cool to see. I think they t- what they did though instead was they made Iago just so much bigger in that whole scene, which he looked amazing. Uh, this this giant, fucking crazy looking dinosaur parrot, you know, just looked. What did I miss? Vicious. What? What? When he made Iago big, when they were doing the whole chase scene on the carpet and stuff. Okay, whatever you say. You don't remember that whole thing? He was like a giant nope. parrot. Maybe I fell asleep. I don't know. I tend to do that. Well, that was the that was the big scene. I think instead of them doing him turning into a giant cobra. My issue is that Will Smith can't sing, so his renditions of the songs were a little off for me. I appreciate that they didn't auto tune him because that was my biggest critique about Beauty and the Beast that they auto tuned the shit out of Emma Watson. Mm-hmm. They actually, if you stayed for the end credits, did you stay for the end credits? At a lad? Yeah. Yes. He did a, like, rap version mm-hmm. of Never Had a Friend Like Me, and I appreciated that, because I was like, Will Smith, what? Um, but yeah. I did like how they brought the story together from beginning to end without giving it away for anyone who hasn't seen it. So I think overall, though, the uh, movie seemed like it, it's gotten good reviews. It did pretty good in the box office so far. And uh, hopefully it can continue that on that tradition because I know Mary Poppins didn't do too well in the theaters as well as Dumbo. I did actually see an uh, Instagram post from the actor who plays Aladdin. I can't remember his name. But they were saying goodbye to Will Smith because it was his it was his rap day and he was finished rec- uh, recording right mm-hmm. he was fi- <laughs> uh, finished filming and Will Smith said something about two more movies mm. so I don't know if they're gonna do uh, Return of Jafar and there was a third one right uh, Forty Thieves maybe. Aladdin and the Forty Thieves. Well, so I don't know if they're going to redo all three of those. I know there was discussion going on about there actually being a genie origins movie about how the genie Ooh. actually became the genie. I I don't hate that idea. Which I think is where the, the whether they might be going with that direction. And if Will Smith gets casted for it, I mean it makes sense, you know, to keep things uh, consecutive or consistent. Are they trying to MCU it up? I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll have an appearance by uh, Thanos. <laughs> I am inevitable. Yes. And Jenny's like, fuck you, no you're not. Snap, and then Thanos dies. <laughs> That's how Thanos really died. Yeah, the genie killed him. 
Uh, have I have I talked to you about this? Peyton Oswald does a filibuster on Parks and Rec, and he talks about Star Wars Episode Seven before it had come out, obviously. And during the actual TV episode, it cuts out a whole bunch of what he says. But on YouTube, you can find the full like eight minute rant that he does, and he basically combines all the universes and at one point he talks about the reality stone and he was like and bam now all of the universes are together and it was really phenomenal yeah so you need to look that up okay i will all right so we got uh coming up to the movies for disney we've got toy story 4 coming out soon which I can't wait for Secret that. Secret Life of Pets is Disney, right? No. It's Universal. What? No. Is it? Yes. Of course it Do is. Do I know nothing? Totally Universal. Should we leave that in or edit that out so people... Uh, edit, yeah. edit that shit out. Yeah. It's, 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 God. It's, it's Universal. Because they have a whole... Is it? Yeah, they have a Secret Life of Pets area going in. What just came... Something came out that was Disney. I guess technically Dark Phoenix was, right? Mm, I don't know if that counts yet. Not yet? I don't know. It might. Counts in my book. That bitch is a Disney princess. There you go. I actually almost saw that this weekend, and then I thought, I'm going to fall asleep if I go see that, and I have to edit a podcast, so I should probably be responsible. Look at you, adult. Fun. But at Disney, you can be an adult and uh, not have to worry about that kind of shit can't wait yeah that's what my life is gonna be i'm gonna have a really bad day at work and be like okay babe going to disney bye and your babe will be like all right i'll meet you there i hope so mm-hmm. me too i mean you'll probably be working but yeah probably i do that a lot But Toy Story Four comes out soon, and uh, I'm so excited for Forky. Yeah, all the uh, all the pop vinyls have been out, and all the merchandise, and the layovers, and all the fun stuff going on over at Disney. It's super cute. So I'm looking looking forward to this story. It looks like a lot of fun and uh, an emotional ride. And it's, it was cute seeing a little thing with uh, Tim Allen and um, uh, Tom Hanks on Instagram. Oh my gosh, that was the cutest thing ever. Right. And saying how Buzz and Woody brought them together as friends and blah, 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 and super cute, mushy stuff. So I think it's pretty cool. And, and Tim, I think it was Tim Allen that did an interview talking about it and was saying, like, it took him a while to get through the script at the end of the film. It was, like, such a, a difficult emotional thing for him just based on the storyline and the character, which really makes me wonder if this is going to be even more of a tearjerker than number three. Okay, see. so... Toy Story 3. I haven't seen it yet. <sighs> you haven't seen Toy Story 3? No, I know. There's a couple of movies i got to see. I'm slacking. <sighs> wow. All right. So I feel like there were certain scenes in that movie that were not okay for children. Like, they scarred me as an adult. Hmm. Yeah, I need to see it. I heard it's really good. Between that and uh, Up, the two I need, I need to see. You need to see Up. We need to watch Up. Yes, I Up agree. needs to happen. Agreed. They have so many Funko Pops for Toy Story 4. Yeah, they're super cute, right? 
They have Bunny and Ducky, so Key and Peel's characters. Yep. They have Duke K K Kaboom. Yeah, Duke Kaboom. Yeah. Yeah, that's Duke Kaboom. There we go. Those are the words. And then uh Combat Carl Jr. And Forky. He's so cute. Yeah, Toy Story opens up in two weeks, I believe it is, so definitely looking It'll forward to that. It'll be a week that. from when this uh, podcast comes up. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be talking about that here on an upcoming episode, our feelings, uh, not any kind of spoiler talk, but just kind of our thoughts about it for sure. And then uh, we got a lot of new things. I know that uh, there was a spoiled leakage out there of future MCU movies coming out and what their phases sort of. are going to be doing for a bit. Yeah, some things that have so not been. So up until like 2021, and then after that, it's like Marvel movie. Yep. Untitled, yada yada movie. Well, this was this was a leak that was not officially done by Disney. This was like some somebody else had access to this stuff somehow or other. I don't really know, but it's exciting times, and we'll get more into that discussion uh, also on our next episode. We'll dive dive deep into some some potential uh, to coming to the theater stuff for the Marvel universe. Two coming to the theaters? Yeah. And then my late night proper English. <laughs> so now it's time for our what the fuck food segment. With this one's actually a good what the fuck snacks. Oh, nice. So so some weeks it'll be a bad what the fuck, and then some weeks it'll be a good what the fuck. Like, what the fuck? Or, what the fuck? Exactly. So we should but this week is good. So, okay, cool. So, tell us more about it. So, I'm excited. Okay, so my favorite thing about visiting Disneyland this year was going to California Adventure and getting to eat elote, which is Mexican street corn, basically. And... <laughs> I, don't know what I, ju- I don't know what I just said there that sounded like, okay, Siri, or hey, Siri, but... uh. Series. I said, hey, Siri was going to California Adventure and getting a latte. Hilarious. <coughs> well, Siri uh, just made an appearance on the show. Our first guest. Hey, Siri. The uh, Cozy Cone. I don't know what it's called, I guess. Cozy Cone Restaurant? Quick Service Stand? Mm-hmm. In Carsland has some sweet, savory, and spicy elote. I'm very excited about this. So I'm excited and also a little turned off. Okay, so this one might kind of be a what the fuck in not the best way possible. So your basic elote or Mexican street corn, the way they serve it in Disney is mayonnaise, Parmesan cheese, and tahine, which is a lime chili spice. Okay. When you make Mexican street corn, you use cotija cheese, which is a really crumby, really crumbly, salty, squeaky cheese. So think like crumbly cheese curds. And it's really, 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 really amazing. So they do have a cotija version. And what they use is they use a spicy lime mayonnaise on it, which I assume is similar to having the mayonnaise, and then the chili lime sauce. So I think it's probably just tahini mixed in with the mayonnaise okay. to make it easier for life. And then it's dipped in either the cotija cheese, cheese puffs, or spicy cheese puffs. And I just experienced Flaming Hot Cheetos recently. 
So I'm super on board with the spicy cheese puffs. They're delicious. Corn, because that just sounds magical. Mm -hmm. So those are the three flavors. So it's like white, yellow, red. But the Cozy Cone quick service spots are really awesome and they have some really good drinks there as well so it'll be a nice pairing and i'm really excited because i love corn and any way that you can give me corn i'm on board lovely is it like on the cob still or is it mm-hmm. is that the deal yes elote is generally served on the cob but i guess in mexico mexican street corn is more often served off the cob okay and i don't hate that either because corn is just amazing no matter how you serve it to me. You prefer your, your corn on the cob or off the cob? I prefer corn. Period. Period. Nice. Well, I prefer mine off the cob. And I like it because like, I, I don't like get shit stuck on my teeth. And uh, I also like it when it's cut to be cut in uh, segments. So I have a segment of corn instead of kernels. So like cut off the cob and stuck together? Yes. I don't use chopsticks. So the the mark of a skilled chopstick user is that you could eat the corn, whether it was in giant pieces or separate, because I eat everything with chopsticks, and I'm a pro. Lovely. I'm sure I could eat the corn cob knob parts with <laughs> with, <laughs> chop, with the chopstick. <laughs> is that their technical term? A little corn on the knob. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then flying over to Disney World in Disney Springs, they have an alcoholic Dole Whip cookie sandwich. Mm. And now this isn't actually called a Dole Whip cookie sandwich, but that's what everybody has coined it because it's pineapple. And whenever anything is pineapple in Disney, it's Dole Whip, right? Yeah. So it's called a Froscato sugar cookie sandwich. Frozen Moscato. <laughs> so it's pineapple, Moscato, and vodka. Mm. And that's all in the frosting of this magical cookie that looks like it's been dipped in sugar. And then baked for like, if you've ever had the most amazing sugar cookie of your life, just picture that. With pineapple, Moscato, and vodka swirled inside of it. And then they have really awesome pineapple sprinkles. And you know how Disney has the Mickey Mouse sprinkles and some really awesome sprinkles. And there's actually mm -hmm. a club that you can subscribe to, not Disney related, where you get three different types of sprinkles each month. So weird. They have pineapple sprinkles and they're amazing. And I want one of these sandwiches so bad. Are they in it the just shapes? It sounds amazing. And it. Are they in the shapes of pineapples, or are they just pineapple flavored, or what? The sprinkles. The sprinkles are shaped like pineapples. Cute. But the cookie itself is just a round, magical cookie. That's a really small, like, cookie-cutter-style machine that can create those sprinkles in the shape of a pineapple. Yeah. I love technology. It is pretty... <laughs> it is pretty incredible. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. Oh, my God. I mean, I could hear it, so you can definitely hear it on the podcast. <laughs> For the record, that wasn't me. Sorry, guys. I'm gassy <laughs> and elated tonight. <laughs> <laughs> there is no in-between. <laughs> no. But it sounds amazing. I still wanted to try the uh, the Dole Whip with the rum. 
What? Yeah, they have a Dole Whip rum drink. Okay, I okay. So the issue, the, the question wasn't, is there Dole with a rum? The question was, you haven't had Dole with Dole. What? I can't talk words. No, I have not you had. You haven't it yet. had the Dole Whip with rum. Not yet. All right. So once upon a time, and I don't know if this ended up on the last podcast or it was the part where you didn't press record and we didn't record it. But once upon a time, Amy went. Amy and I went to Magic Kingdom, and we snuck in nips of rum because you can't get alcohol well you couldn't get alcohol in magic kingdom at the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it was 10 o'clock in the morning on our last day in the parks so we were trying to get everything in and we hadn't done it the rest of the week so we had our nips and we got <laughs> uh, we got our dull whips and we're sitting down at the table and there are these two women that are sitting next to us who are probably in their 70s super cute super adorable wonderful women and amy and i are sitting there and we're trying to be nonchalant but super obvious with what we were doing and we pour our little nips into our dull whip and they just look over at us and we're like "Uh oh somebody saw us Mm. shocker and they go she's not good job uh, good job (laughs) Uh, so they they appreciated our enthusiasm yeah it's good good stuff especially at 10 o'clock in the morning hey it was one of those things that we said that we were gonna do and we hadn't got to it till our last day and that was the time that we were in the park that we had to so i guess that kind of circles back to the ice cream sandwich thing too because i i definitely want an ice cream sandwich i I keep calling it an ice cream sandwich because it's two cookies and it's got frozen whipped cream in the middle it's not frozen oh it's not frozen it's just a whipped cream flavored pineapple vodka stuff it's just Moscato, vodka, pineapple, buttercream frosting, I assume. It's not going to melt. Oh, so it's not even like a f- ice cream. Oh, well, I'm disappointed. Not really because that sounds delicious either way. And I'm getting one, right? Of course. Me too. We'll get two. One for me and one for you. That's cute. We'll get two and I'll eat both of them. Perfect. And I'll take video of it. As I stuff my face. Double decker, some bitch. No, I'm going to just stuff one in my face and then stuff the other one right after it. Nice. With like frosting dripping down my face. Yeah. I'll lick you it can off. Lick it off. Mm, look at that. <laughs> On the same page already. All right. It's <laughs> how we roll, folks. It's how we roll. <laughs> but yeah, it sounds, uh, it sounds like fun. I, I think the Springs is coming up with a lot of cool fun to do's uh you know inside of the the place there but also there's places to go eat and new ideas for like the homecoming brunch that they're doing and some that was new, amazing new experiences yeah that's what i've heard heard's pretty good so it's fun to it's see a lot of food but it was good well, i'm excited to try this new moscato uh pineapple gimmick you don't get to try it before me i'm not we will fight i'm waiting for you and with new uh, new things coming to Disney as well for the 50th anniversary, the Tron roller coaster construction is moving ahead pretty quickly. And having gone backstage between uh, the road that takes you behind Spaceship Earth and the Contemporary and what have you, uh, you can go back there and see the the install of the track that's going up. And it was amazing to see the concrete board, the risers put up, and then this whole track assembly going in, which I believe is what the main show building will then wrap around. 
And I got to experience it via FaceTime. Yeah, that's right. So thank you for that. Yeah, if you go over towards the uh, Casey's Junior Circus area, you can see uh, a pretty clear view from inside the park at Magic Kingdom of what's going on. And they have reopened the Grand Prix uh, racetrack, so they're still using gas motors, which I'm assuming that once Tron opens up, they'll go to electric with the cars. And then also the train is down, and it's been down for a while, and will be down for a while as they redo the track. And they're uh, putting some kind of big berm area thingy where they've moved. Uh, it seems like they moved the track over a smidge. And I've, I'm wondering if they're actually going to build a tunnel of some sort that's going to uh, kind of hide that train as it goes into the, the time frame, per se, of the Tron reality, since it's more in the future and that that train does not match the style the time period so you can't have the two's two worlds collide otherwise it's going to tear a uh, big rip in our cosmos and we're going to have interdimensional traveling and 45 different spider-mans swinging through <laughs> <laughs> but i'm excited to see it. it's fun it's fun seeing the progress I, and i know if you go on the people mover too you get a really good view of that whole area over there and see what's going on with all the construction stuff I just want to say that I really appreciate that you took me to see the Carousel of Progress instead of being on the People Mover. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. That was, a, that was a good day. A great big beautiful tomorrow. Shining at the end of every day. I couldn't remember if those were the lyrics or not, and I didn't want to say it and sound stupid. Oh. But I should have just gone with it because I know the words to that song. <laughs> Yeah, so they've been doing a lot of new painting going on in Tomorrowland, really getting it all ready for the 50th. Uh, it's It's been cute to see the color changes, new Instagram walls going up, uh, some fun new treats. They have fun. a Buzz Lightyear one in Toy Story Land that I just saw. Yeah, I saw that. They actually it's super cute. I think the wall has three or four different things on it, so like you can do like a group shot and everybody can be a different character. I think they have like uh, Jesse's lasso, you know, that kind of stuff. You can do a couple different things. It's pretty fun. It's a great Wicked idea. Cool. Wicked, Wicked awesome, cool. Wicked awesome, dude. And something fun I heard the other day to circle back to Galaxy's Edge is uh, understanding the storyline and, and the time that this is taking place, which the land itself is taking place in between The Last Jedi and the Rise of the Skywalker babies, which is pretty rad if you consider timing for Disney and their storytelling to really immerse us into right now the continuing story of what's going on between those two films. Um, I've thinking about it, you know, once the rise of Skywalker uh, is on, you know, in the the movies, if they're going to then continue the story from that into the next series of films, because supposedly the next series of films is going to be more of like a, in the past during like the, uh, uh, fuck. I can't think of what the hell it was called. The Knights of the Knights of the Old Republic. There you go. Which, which is like supposed to be taking place, I think, like two or three thousand years before the Jedi uh, appeared. Some kind of something like that. So it'd be, I'm just really curious, you know, to see what and how Disney and the, the storytelling process is going to continue to build to, to constantly have that changing. Because I know the the guests are going to be part of the changing of things in there with how they interact with it, but also with the actual storyline and the canon of what's going on within the Star Wars world. You know, like if Kylo dies in Rise of the Jedi, or I mean Rise of the Skywalker, is he going to then no longer be a part of the character walk around and the story that's going on within Galaxy's Edge? And I misspoke on the last episode talking about Vader being the one that's there, but it's actually Kylo Ren, 
which would make sense because with all the uh, rebellion being there and the resistance and Ray and everybody, which means Kylo is on the search for Ray and for Poe. So it's pretty it's pretty cool to see. It's uh makes me want to sit and just kind of think and ponder about what all is possible within that whole Star Wars realm, which is why for me it is, was so exciting to see Disney make that purchase. I think my brain would explode if I think about it too much. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Oh my God, I'm so excited, but I really am just ready to experience it. Yeah, same here. So something with Julie when she comes to visit the parks, uh, th- at the point in time, didn't do a whole lot of shows. And uh, that being said, Disney has had a long tradition of nighttime shows in each park. Uh, we have Illuminations ending here in September and then October 1st. I believe October 1st is when the next show starts, which is pretty, pretty going to be a sad night because I love uh, Illuminations. September so 30th. So Illuminations was my favorite show. Mm-hmm. until River of Light happened. So I'm very sad that that's going away. Yeah. But if you want to see uh, Illuminations, now is the time to see it. They're having all kind of different uh, dessert parties and fun things going on. I know some other outside third parties are having their private events uh, that you can do a dessert party and then go see kind of a fast pass ideal spot to view the fireworks uh, if you're going to be there for the weekend or the whatever the those days of the week fall on the 30th of september and also october 1st uh, the epcot forever show is going to debut the very next night which i'm ex- very excited about i've heard rumors of figment and the Dreamfinder being actually the host of that show uh, it's the most incredible thing in the entire world i really hope that's true yeah same here it would be f- amazing and uh so th- that being said you know uh, Shows over the years have been pretty cool seeing the, the way that they've changed and move around. And then once uh, Wishes, which was one I grew up on and was my favorite, and I was lucky enough to get to see the final showing of that, um, I was, wasn't was really sure if they were going to be able to top it. And when I saw Happily Ever After for the first time, it incorporated a lot that has that had in the music and the theming and the story of Wishes uh, with this whole new projection technology and the way that they can make the castle come alive and change it. And it's just... I was saying before, it just completely hits every potential Disney feel, and I am a hot fucking mess every time I see that show. No matter if I'm with guy friends or my kids or female friends or whoever I'm there with, uh, I'm a I'm a hot ass mess. Tears rolling down my face of joy and love and happiness and I don't know. It's just an amazing show. It just again, it just hits hits all the feels in so many ways. I love I'm it. I'm excited so. to to feel the feels. Yes. But that being said, I'm curious about the Rivers of Light because that's one I have not seen. I, uh, I've heard terrible reviews reviews about it. I know it was supposed to have premiered uh, and then they delayed it and delayed it and delayed it and delayed it. Yep. And uh, finally revealed it because they needed something for crowd control, I guess. And um, A reason to keep the park open later so people would spend more money. Yeah, that too. Because they were doing the nighttime safari too, which I don't know if they still are, but. That's something I've wanted to go check out too. So well, and especially opening Pandora too, they had to kind of condition the crowds to be there later. Yep. So they kind of started that before Pandora actually opened, so that people would be ready for the nighttime spectacular. And they say that that's the best time to ride Flight of Passage. But I've looked at the My Disney Experience app, and wait times are still like two hours during River Light. 
Well, here's a, here's a thing on a side note for any everybody out there. Uh, fat the the time frames that they have posted do not always tell the truth. There have been many a times where I've gone to a get in line for a ride that said it was at least an hour or so long, and we made it in line maybe twenty minutes. And a lot of times Disney will actually increase the time on there, like say it's longer than what it actually is, just to deter people from going and getting in line. I was just going to say that usually at the end of the night they'll extend it so it seems longer so people won't hop in line so that there's less of a line so that they can close on time. Yeah, exactly. That was a lot of rhyming in that sentence just just happened out of my mouth. It's okay. You're like a poet and didn't know it kind of thing. (laughs) But I'm... So, River of Light, oh my gosh, it was amazing. Yeah, so, so the first yeah. time we saw it was when it was still the original show. And before the show even starts, they have animals silhouetted onto the trees that are the backdrop of this performance. And that alone was absolutely incredible. And then they come out with boats. And originally they had people that were on the boats that were acting out different scenes and it wasn't necessarily nothing was eh, no it was narrated it is um but their silhouettes were cast onto the sails of the boats which was really really cool and then these beautiful lotus flowers come out that are floating and when we went to go see it originally they had these lotus flower like glow cubes Hmm. and i purchased all of them and they're really fun in a bath neat chilling lights because they float in the water um i think i have like eight of them at this point because (laughs) that's a story i'll get to in a second but they have these lotus flowers that come out and they open up and they're projected with these beautiful colors and then they have their own individual found shows and then these animals come out that also have projections on them and the whole backdrop is if you've ever seen World of Color in Disneyland in California Adventure or do they do it in Fantasmic? I'm trying to think. I don't remember Fantasmic well enough. It was a long time ago that I saw that last. Like the water screens? But yeah, exactly. Yeah. They do and in Fantasmic. So that's what I thought. And so they have that going on in their scenes from The Lion King. And it's really, really awesome. And the whole show was absolutely incredible. And I have it on video. And I remember just sitting there afterwards being blown away by the entire performance. And then hearing that people didn't like it was really sad. And I don't understand what there's not to like about it. The biggest complaint that I'm hearing is just that the water screens themselves, like the, they're not powerful enough to be able to project something onto it to be, have to see it clearly, I guess. They were. Yeah. Maybe it depends on where you're sitting. I saw all the things, Well, but I, mm-hmm. we went to the dessert party recently. So, It was the first dessert party that we had done, and the mindset of that was, for the price, it had the best desserts, if that made sense. Like, the most effort went into them, creativity-wise, and Mm -hmm. everything else. Uh, It was very cohesive with the show, 
and it was really awesome and that day was actually really 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 tough for me because it was the day I found out that Stan Lee passed away which I don't know if we talked about in the last episode or that was part of what got cut out but I had afternoon tea at the Grand Floridian and found out that Stan Lee passed away at that exact moment and bawled my eyes out at afternoon tea and that evening we had River of Light and I was a mess the entire day and wasn't functioning super well and the dessert party was amazing and all the food the way it was themed was super delicious they had these like tiger push pops that were cupcake layered with frosting and they looked like tiger stripes that were really awesome and Fun. then they had these uh this like panna cotta that was phenomenal and these uh green tea cake slices that had a little tree of life in printed on white chocolate that was really awesome as well but what got me was they had excelsior wine and anyone who knows anything about stanley will understand and so i actually got to toast stanley with a glass of excelsior red and it was a very emotional evening so not only was it an amazing dessert party but it was that much better because i got to celebrate stanley's life yeah it's pretty amazing It was incredible. Um, but yeah, then you have your own little like sectioned off area where you can watch the show from, which does fill up with other people. Mm-hmm. So just make sure you stake your claim early. But they had changed the show, so there actually weren't people standing on any of the boats any longer, but it was still a phenomenal show, and it was, it's still my favorite nighttime show. Well, I know now is uh, Lion King themed. Mm-hmm. They're doing... It was basically Lion King themed before because all of the images were mostly Lion King. Okay. But I think they they added a little bit more. I will say, though, that the Tree of Life uh, projection show is pretty amazing that they do. To be the Tree of Life at night is just insanely amazing now. Yeah, it's gorgeous. But I like when we, when we leave the park at night because we'll do Pandora and then leave it like whatever, 7.30, 8 o'clock, or I guess a little bit later now with it being the time change and sun going down later. But then going up the up the walk ramp hill thingy that leads you to the exit of the park and seeing the tree life from up there by the bridge where Camp Mini Mickey uh, entrance, I think it is, used to be, or the sign-up for it used to be. It's uh, a spectacular spot to, to see it, everything. It's in hear the music and see the colors and all the projections and the tree like literally look like it's coming alive. It's uh, spectacular. I love it, and I and I don't know if it was a new thing that, but I went when I was there last two times ago, at Animal Kingdom. I noticed that there were some trails that allowed you to get a lot closer to the tree now, to where you're like right at the very base of it. You can like look up at it and see some super amazing details and really. Well, as you're walking through the line of it's tough to be a bug that literally goes under the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of life, which is really awesome. Yeah, that is amazing. But this is just like a regular footpath. That would uh, you can go on. There's, they had some like aquarium scenes. I think it might be the same place. Is it? No, that's in the other expedition thing where they have the freaking uh, prairie dogs. Like Rafiki's, what you want to call it? No, not the Planet Watch, but up? the there's there's like the safari walkthrough that thing you can go through. Oh yeah, 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 that they do after. Yep. The giant bats and all that shit. It's pretty it's neat. So much fun. The aviary space with all the neat birds. 
just make sure if you're looking up, you keep your mouth closed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did we talk about your favorite nighttime show? We did, right? Yeah, so hap- Happily Ever After definitely turned into my favorite one again, but the, the way that they transitioned in from, from uh, Wishes over that. But I think in terms of uh, temporary shows, which I didn't realize was going to be a temporary show, was the Star Wars Spectacular one that they did at Hollywood Studios. So angry. That uh, just, like, it starts off with the the trumpets from the theme song, and just every time I would hear that, it would just make me emotional. And then they would it's have cool. like, just you know tell me all about it so I can be um, that much more disappointed that I never got to see. Well, it. just wait. So they would also like have like uh, battle scenes where like the big imperial starships were coming in towards like towards you, and then they would have like noises of like the Tie Fighters, and then the Tie Fighters would like would fly into the projection from the movie, and then they would have like lasers coming off the trees and off the buildings at each other, like there was a big laser fight going on, and just a lot of cool shit. And then they had these big pillars on top of the building that would like flame up these big fireballs and that you can really feel the heat same way they do like the fl- the, the propane bridge or barge i should say for illuminations where you can feel that heat coming off that thing everywhere the heat that would come off the top of that building was just fucking crazy super crazy just amazing so i, w- I wouldn't doubt that they brought it back at some point in time but it seems now with the new animation one that they're doing which looks amazing i haven't seen it yet i've been holding off until you get down here to see it it looks pretty cool a lot of new things but I haven't seen yet, like the the uh <sighs> you guys are gonna love that. <laughs> a lot of things I haven't seen yet, like the new uh the new car show, which uh I was here is pretty cute. That's supposed to be cute. I hope they I eventually mean, nothing compares to the lights motor action show, but mm, well, I digress. Just, this is cars. I mean they those were cars too. This is true. Driven by people. Ones that were not uh not cars driven by themselves. Yes. Amp amp ampomorphic. Is that the word I'm looking for? Sounds right. Something like that. So, but yeah, so it was the you know I'm, I'm I think the nighttime shows have just gotten better and better and better with the technology that they have. I mean, shit, look at what they were doing at Disneyland with using all of Main Street for their uh, Pixar Fest that they were doing for the projections and stuff, and just a lot of fun, neat stuff going down. I'm uh, I'm excited to see what the future brings us, especially if Magic Kingdom eventually will get back their light nighttime parade because I missed the electric light parade like I missed my left arm. Me I, too. I still have not yet lost, thank God. But I hope not. Yeah, I, I like that arm. Knock on wood. And we'd be curious to know what your favorite nighttime shows are. So if you want to follow us on Instagram over at F yeah underscore Disney and leave us a comment on this post, we'll be having this up uh, pretty much the day that this comes out. We'd love to know what your favorite pastime or current Disney nighttime spectaculars are. And uh, you can also follow us on all the socials, again, F- at F yeah Disney on Facebook as well. And you can send us an email if you have any comments, questions, or concerns at fyadsny at gmail.com. And we'll have all those links in the show notes for you all to check it out. And again, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcast app, you can please uh, leave us a review or five-star review or words, whichever, or all the above. would be greatly appreciated just to let iTunes and Apple know that we are being listened to. Help get us up in there in the ranks and expose us to the world and uh, this adult-themed perspective of Disney. 
And as we do more shows, these shows will get better and not suck as bad as our first two have, hopefully. (laughs) 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 But we're having a lot of fun doing this and talking and chit-chatting and stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, as a great Walt Disney once said, when you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way. Mortals pay a token fee. Rest in peace, the haunting spree. So hurry back, we would like your company.